Hey folks, welcome to episode 134 of the Becoming Human podcast. This episode features Alicia Jenkins, who is an ultra runner um, who recently ran a DIY 200-mile ultramarathon around and between sleeping volcanoes. It's St. Helens and um, Mount Adams. She originally had planned to run the Bigfoot 200, which is like uh, a point-to-point endurance race that takes place here in Washington. That's a little over 200 miles, and people basically go from aid station to aid station where there's like um, food and stuff, and that you know sometimes even like eight miles, 18 miles apart. They have food and and, um, medical and the opportunity to sleep if you need to. and Alicia's plans were disrupted, kind of like a lot of ours, you know, in 2020. Um, but she found another way to um, achieve her goal. And she adapted to the situation and found a way to have adventure in her life and not miss out on the opportunity to push herself in ways that were even unexpected to her. Um, so we sit down and we talk about what it was like to, uh, set up her own Bigfoot 200 and the amount of, um, help from other people that had to go into, um, this experience to make it happen. And Alicia's a very, um, competitive trail runner. And it's interesting to see her in a situation where, there isn't really any record being kept. She's not going for any FKT. She's just being out there and experiencing time out on the trail. Um, that would probably be like me trying to be really competitive, <laughs> a little out of my own element, but doing something that I love. Uh, if you want to um, check out some photos from the Bigfoot 200, you can go, or from Alicia's Bigfoot 200, um, you can go to becominghumanpodcast.com and check her out on Instagram at Leisha, which is L-E-A-S-H-A. And you can find the link to that in the show notes and on the website. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by your mom. Nah, I'm kidding. I've been trying to get her to sponsor forever, but she doesn't return my calls. If you could remind her, that might be a little helpful because Christmas is coming. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by uh, Waking Up. Waking Up is an app that arguably provides the most um, leverage for improving the quality of your life. With just 10 minutes a day of um, of following the routines in this app of of meditating and focusing on your breath, um, you can elevate your experience in everything that you do mindfulness um and really stops and starts with you and the activities that you engage with we could all work to be a little more present in our everyday lives and the waking up app does it in a very engaging and easy to understand way um you can get it on android um, in the play store or on iphone in the app store Be sure to let them know that uh, Becoming Human Podcast sent you. Without any further ado, here's Alicia. Um, Do you ever find in your experience with running, how has it changed your relationship to your diet and your like signals for eating or appetite? Mm, That's yeah, that's very interesting. Uh, I've been working on that. I mean, figuring it out. So the last, I'd say like four and a half years, I've been running like pretty regularly. Mm -hmm. Um, I tend to love sugar. (laughs) So I, I don't tend to, I do love sugar. So I have to be really careful with like how much sugar I eat. But when I'm running, it's like your body needs sugar. Um, so I mean, I've tried like a couple different like diets. I tried like doing no sugar mm-hmm. before, which is kind of similar to a keto diet. And I found that I just could not run that way. I know some people that can, but I would be running and just be like so 
tired and exhausted Mm -hmm. all the time. Um, And actually, I realized it maybe after like, I don't know, a couple months of doing it. um, And I was doing this challenge called the Pine and Cedar Repeat Challenge where you went, no, not Pine and Cedar, um, uh, Chin Scraper Repeats. Um, So yeah, you go up. I don't know how much it was, like 1,500 feet or something and a couple miles, or maybe it was more than that. Um, and we did it for 24 hours. Ha, and so you had from 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. to do it. And so you started at 7 p.m. And I went from 7 p.m. to uh, about 12 a.m. And I was still like two months into this no sugar diet. Mm-hmm. Um and the wind was blowing like crazy that night, like kind of scary, Whoa. scary wind. Like, I don't know if I should have been out there. I almost thought about wearing a helmet. Oh, my. Like Be- trees just clicking together. And- yeah. Oh. It probably wasn't the safest thing, but I was like, oh, there are other people on the trail just going up and down the same thing. So if I get hit, I don't know. Fine. I'll be okay. I'll yeah, be fine. Exactly. Well, or they'll find me at least. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh-huh. so I was doing that and I got to probably midnight. I think I'd done maybe like 30 miles at that point or something. And I was just so, I was so over the no sugar thing because you were allowed to like drive home and you could come back mm-hmm. and do it in the morning. So I was like, you know, what? I'm just going to oh, go home cool. and I'll come back in the morning, finish. And I called my boyfriend and I said, put a pizza in the oven. <laughs> I'm so hungry. I need pizza. Screw this no sugar thing. <laughs> so I went home, ate a whole pizza at like, this time it was like 1230, went to sleep, woke up at like maybe six or so and went back and like did the rest of the repeats until 7 p.m. the next day. Oh, wow. Um, and I felt amazing. So uh, that's when I realized that my body, it needs carbs mm-hmm. yeah. and sugar for these long endurance runs. Um, I think every person is different, but generally, yeah, I realize I need carbs. And I just have to really balance balance it out, you know. If you don't mind me asking, mm-hmm. um, do you? what are the consequences if you don't balance it out? Um, so like when I wasn't eating sugar or when you were eating sugar, oh, like, when did I, you oh, have any like complications or anything? Um, no, like, no, like health complications, just feeling sick, mm-hmm. you know, like, um, almost just having a hangover from sugar, oh, just feeling, yeah, yeah, just feeling sick and not good and bloated mm-hmm. and like almost like a foggy brain, yeah. basically everything you'd feel from like a hangover from like drinking yeah. too much is what I would feel. So yeah, it's been battle because I need it, mm-hmm. but I can't do too much. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so you got to be able to find that sweet spot, yeah, right? Yeah. Because um, when I didn't have it completely and I was trying to run all these miles, it was just fatigue and tired. And I was like, why am I going so slow? Why am I so tired? Almost like lightheadedness. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a tough, tough balance. And yeah, so I just always have my go-to snacks when I'm running, some kind of carbs, sugar, um, things that I know that work for me mm-hmm. and I've kind of figured it out, um, my own routine. And then overall, just trying to eat good when I can and splurge every now and then. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, I feel like I kind of know my body pretty good now that I can recognize, like if I'm eating too much sugar or something like, Oh, mm-hmm. okay. I need to just back off. So yeah, it's like no That's diet cool. specifically, mm-hmm. just eat what kind of, Sounds good, but keep a track on the, yeah, too much sugar. (laughs) That's what's been interesting for me where, like, I've tried, like, a keto diet, Mm -hmm. vegan diet, vegetarian Mm -hmm. diet, and doing, like, um, six-month blocks, right? Mm -hmm. And it's been a lot of fun to figure out how that makes my body feel. And I feel it's, like, a very personal experience, I Mm -hmm. suppose. It is, yeah. And it's cool because it's uh, kind of a lot like running in that experimental mindset with your own body. Mm -hmm. And like what I found through eating was my like portion control and stuff before I'd go for a run. If I were to eat certain kinds of meals, really just any kind of physical activity, I was able to learn, you know, what was too heavy. Mm-hmm. And I, so I couldn't do those activities comfortably. And then what was effective for after those activities yeah. for my recovery and then yeah. what I could eat during. And when I would do my runs during, I'd realize I was able to make the distinction between eating for fun and eating because I was actually hungry. Yeah. And it was like because I'd have low points and I would overeat mm-hmm. and then I wouldn't feel good and my energy would dip. Mm-hmm. And when I, my energy would dip there, it would be like I might have loose stool. I might throw up sometimes. And it's like day-to-day life, I might feel like uncomfortable and I could just get on by. Mm-hmm. Please don't do that in the room though, buddy. I'm not in 
Okay, thank you. Okay. They're like I get I can get by, but in this environment, like it's just like it's very it can be very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I even figured that out with like different macros, you know, for like carbs and protein mm-hmm. and fats. Um, I feel like without running, though, it'd be really hard to tell because especially with these long runs, because mm-hmm. I had to figure out different ways to be able to fuel myself and even like how much fat I would burn mm-hmm. relatively over that period of time. You mm-hmm. know, yeah, it's kind of the difference of like I learned to think of food as like fuel, you know, mm-hmm. out as I'm out running or out doing these backpacking trips and like looking at food and like, oh yeah, I need that many, I 500 calories. Yeah. Let's take that. Or like, look at how, like we could eat. I think me and my girlfriend figured out if we ate, I don't know how many jelly beans, like, <laughs> I don't know, a small pack of jelly beans. Mm-hmm. And it was like 200 calories. We're like, oh, oh awesome. Yeah. Like that's so many calories in a little, <laughs> a little package. And Whereas I never would have thought about that if I wasn't out mm-hmm. running because I wasn't really necessarily thinking of food as fuel at that point. So it is kind of interesting how your mindset changes, whether, yeah, if you're thinking of food in terms of being out doing some kind of run or adventure or climbing or whatever mm-hmm. it is versus if you're not at home or if you're not out doing those kind of things and just kind of at home just trying to figure out your diet Um but what I found really worked really good for me because like before I, when I got back into running, I was like, I'd gained some weight. So I was trying to lose some weight mm-hmm. and I just downloaded an app that was a, my fitness pal. It was free and it had like all, all the foods in it that you would want. And you just, I just recorded my calories, um, which I don't do anymore, but it was good in the beginning because mm-hmm. I had no idea how many calories were in things. And so I was allowed, you know, to eat like so many calories a day. And that helped me make smarter food choices because I was just like, it's like, well, if I eat a bag of chips, that's like maybe 150 to 200 calories. And I'm going to be really hungry after that. Or I can eat this like quinoa kale salad that's delicious Mm -hmm. and I'll feel full and I'll feel good. So by doing that, I learned like what foods maybe I wasn't craving, Mm -hmm. um, but when I would eat it. I'd be like, oh, yeah, this is really good. And yeah. then afterwards, I'd be like, and I'm like full and satisfied. My body feels great. Whereas after eating a bag of chips, my body would be like, oh, I don't feel very good. You know, it's that, you know, quick little reward and then you feel crappy versus, yeah, yeah enjoying like enjoying your food and be like, oh, that tastes good and feeling really good for like a lot longer. Yeah, I guess that's that's exactly it because mm-hmm. I've gotten to the point to where most of the time anyways, yeah. it's more valuable to eat something that I have found in the past mm-hmm. makes me feel really good than it is to eat this thing that tastes really good and might not make me feel good. Because mm-hmm. I've yeah. had complete crashes out there. And oh, it's my just, gosh. It sucks. Yeah. <laughs> like, bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I've had some well, crashes, but that's probably more from just not eating enough yeah. or realizing that I should eat. And then you eat some food and, like, perks you right back up. So, that's why yeah. I like Tailwind because then I can keep oh my, my calories yes. pretty high. Yeah, that's that's what I use too. It's Tailwind because yeah. I can usually just have it in my pack and just like I just always try to slowly be sipping on it the entire time, even if I'm not craving it. Because I'm like, okay, I'm mm-hmm. getting a little bit, just a little bit of calories yeah, here and exactly. there, and it doesn't upset my stomach. The flavors, it's not like too sweet like any of the other like mixes I've used before. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's why that's why I like that one. Do you for as a runner, um, do you have to? How would I say this? Because you run so much and you have a high, like, workload, do mm-hmm. you have, like, a bottomless pit of calories? Like, because mm. I, yeah. No, no. <laughs> because <laughs> I, well, I thought I did. Yeah. And, like, after I did, um, like, my personal Bigfoot 200-mile run, I was like, okay, I'm going to eat whatever, which is, which I could. It was great. But then I just kept doing that too long afterwards. Uh-huh. And... Like, uh, I was just eating way too much crap. <laughs> and then I ended up like, like, oh, like, I think I've gained a little weight. You can just kind of feel it. And I wasn't feeling <laughs> good. And I was like, oh, uh, you know, I can't just eat as much as I want or whatever I want um, mm, yeah. because I will gain weight. Like, That's so interesting. Yeah. During, wow. yeah, when coronavirus first, you know, kind of started in the U.S., what was that, in, end of March. And I was still, I wasn't working and I was, um, uh, running a lot still like I'd say 50 at least 50 miles a week up to 100 miles a week uh 
doing my training. And since I wasn't working, I was snacking a lot more and eating a lot more. And I gained 10 pounds while still running 50 to 100 mile weeks. So, yeah. So, no, that's I don't have a bottomless pit. That's wild. I just love I love eating. So so it's not a bottomless pit. People are like, oh, but you run, you can eat whatever. I'm like, not really. Yeah. You know, (laughs) not really. You still have to eat good. Like, no, that's not how it works. (laughs) I'm not like thin because I run all the time. I mean, that helps. Yeah. But I still do eat well and good and healthy. Yeah, that's kind of what that mindset too, because that's what I find that you, if you look at anyone in their their predicament, whether it's like mm-hmm. they're doing something that, if you look at someone as the other, basically, right, mm-hmm. where like, oh, you're you're in a paradise or paradise situation to where mm-hmm. you're absolved of this responsibility that I have, and it's like I don't really ever see that. I don't even see that in terms of like someone who would ever claim that they're like enlightened or whatever. And they were talking on these things of like, you know, um, uh, like psycho, like psychology and stuff are mm-hmm. talking from a place of knowing those people are often, um, you find that they still struggle with the things that they're talking about. Mm-hmm. If, oh, that, yeah. if that makes sense. Yep. Like, yeah, that makes sense. Totally. I mean, I, that's probably true in, I think all fields. Um, if somebody tells you that they know everything about something or their field, they're, they're lying yeah, you know it's exactly. not it's not they don't maybe or maybe they think they do they don't know they're lying but mm-hmm. uh yeah i think i think that's hard for humans to accept that even though you can be an expert in something you still don't know it all yeah okay, nobody will never know it all no exactly <laughs> yeah. and that's the fun to it too because mm-hmm. it keeps you playing i mean mm-hmm. the thing that that really stops me from playing a game is mm-hmm. makes me think of video games and where it's like you get to the point to where you know everything. And then once you know everything, you don't really want to know anything about the game, you know, like I put it away mm-hmm. or, and I will be hard for me to play it again. Mm-hmm. But I have situations where I thought that I wouldn't like to repeat things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I guess I changed that opinion that I said before, but like with rock climbing, yeah. I love to repeat certain routes with certain, um, like, uh, running mm-hmm. when the running is very like complicated or the trail is very long, whatever it may be. It's not very straightforward and simple and easy to remember. Mm-hmm. I um, It's compelling to do it again because mm-hmm. there's so much experience to be had there mm-hmm. that just doing one pass of it, mm-hmm. I don't experience the whole thing. Right. Or even, you know, you experience it at different times, different times of the year, different mm-hmm. time of day. It's going to be totally different. Or even if you can do, like a different direction, it's going to look totally different. Yeah. You know, that's something I've realized being out running on trails like if I get to an intersection, stop and turn around and look backwards because you, if you get lost or turned around and you need to backtrack and you turn around and like everything looks so different the other mm, way, even though yeah. it's the way you just came, but it looks so different yeah. that way. Um, so yeah, very, yeah, same trail, but different experience. Yeah. So you did the, um, you were supposed to do the Bigfoot 200 mm-hmm. this year and yep. It, they were no longer putting along putting putting on the event. So yep. you, you did it by yourself? Um, not not by myself. Um, I had a lot of help from my friends and crew. Um, so yeah, what kind of happened was I've been training for this for really a couple years, um, and it really came down to they were like, we don't know if we're gonna be able to hold it or not. And I think I was like, I don't know, a month. Maybe it was more than a month out when they officially decided, okay, they did everything they could to try and put it on. Um, and it just came down to the fact that, you know, if they weren't going to be allowed their I think it was permits or something, they weren't going to be allowed to host it. Otherwise, mm. they would have. And so when they announced that, I was like, well, gosh, now what do I do? I don't know. I cried um, about it. And then I was like, okay, did that. Now let's figure out the plan. Do I want it? What do I want to do? Do I want to do my own personal 200? I have all this training. Mm. So, for the perspective you were putting mm-hmm. at that point in time in like March, you're putting mm-hmm. a lot of training and preparation into oh, this because yeah. this is like oh, yeah. an A goal or like your big goal mm-hmm. thing to think about for the whole year. Yep. But that's not even for the whole year. It's kind of something that you're building up to for a really like, long yeah. time with yeah. your running. And it's not something that's simple to plan. Like I'd already had a bunch of crew meetings. You got to figure out your food. Um yeah, drop bags, all your gear that you're gonna have. Yeah, it's not it's not a simple task. And so Thankfully, I have some amazing friends who, um, my friend Julie Nelson, she's been medical at Bigfoot for previous years. Um, Her husband, Jeremy, 
and my other friend Sabrina. Um, they've both run the Bigfoot course uh, 100K, and that was back when it was in October, like through Miserable Brother. So they're familiar with the route and course. Um, and then my other girlfriend, Natalia, she paced some of it last year for another girlfriend. So she had some experience driving those roads and doing it. So I, was, I talked to them. I was like, well, I I want to try and do the course by myself. And I asked them, like, are you guys, do you guys still want to do this? If we do this, it's going to be a lot of work and I'm going to need help from you guys because mm-hmm. I there's going to be no aid stations. So basically they were going to be my aid stations. Um, and driving on those roads back there is their forest roads. Um, there's no cell phone service. For hours. Oh, yeah, for hours, like, to get from... So basically, my boyfriend, who went to just about every aid station, he drove over 600 miles in, like, oh, three days. Oh, wow, because, such a trooper. Yeah, Dang. so there's a couple times he had to do, like, a couple, like, it'd take me maybe 18 miles to get the next section, but he would have to drive for, like, two and a half hours to go on these roads to get around there. Uh. Um, so... Yeah, I checked with them first about, like, do you want to do this? And they're like, yeah, we're down for it. So, um, yeah, I decided I'm going to do it. And actually, another girl who was in the Bigfoot Facebook group, uh, Christina, she had posted she was thinking about doing the course solo as well. So I reached out to her and I was like, hey, you know, I'm going to do the course solo. We could do it together. I'm like, "Eh, there's whatever pace you want to go, we'll, we'll stick together the whole time just because it's, it's not a race anymore. It's just kind of a fun adventure that mm-hmm. we'll do. So this girl that I never met in my life, we wow. met at, at the start of Bigfoot and we, uh, yeah, spent the next like 90 hours together. Whoa, <laughs> so yeah, that that's how long, yeah, that's about how long it took. So, wow. Yeah. How was that for you going into it? Are you the kind of person where you're excited about spending that much time with somebody that you don't know? Or are you, do you get like nervous and anxious? Mm, I, I was kind of excited about it. I do. I really enjoy my alone time. That's why I love trail yeah. running. But I figured it would be better. It would make it more kind of almost race-like mm-hmm. to have another person with me and somebody else that's also suffering and experiencing the same, same things as I am. Because I was going to have my pacers, you know, my friends run the sections with me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I was kind of like, I don't know, I was excited that it'd be kind of race-like and I have this other person, but I was also a little like little nervous about like oh well what if she's way too fast or too slow Mm -hmm. and i want to go faster what if we don't get along yeah um but it ended up i mean working out great when i don't know to have another person crazy enough to want to do the course by themselves i'm like all right we already we already click like we already got this in common like okay i don't know if this is a great idea or a stupid idea Mm -hmm. or what it is but we're gonna go out and experience it together yeah yeah it's like one of the things that I've noticed is um, through through like my like preferred recreation or mm-hmm. like sport, I guess. Yeah. It's so easy to like make the leap to connect with someone mm-hmm. because I've done jujitsu and there in, in my jujitsu class, there's like a Protestant, a mm-hmm. Mormon, and then um, like some other guys struggling with alcoholism. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, someone else from like way out of edge of town kind of yeah. hillbilly-ish and not yeah. to be mean or anything kind of smells mm-hmm. and then like there's in the mixed group of everyone else and it's yeah. really hard to generalize like that but yeah. it's sometimes people that wouldn't have been in my friend group mm-hmm. and then but i'm there because we're all doing martial arts mm-hmm. and i never see those things like mm-hmm. those are the last things that yeah. come to my mind because not because i'm like some virtuous and like wonderful person mm-hmm. it's because i go there and i'm like oh i gotta go and do jujitsu like mm-hmm. i gotta do martial arts you know or if i'm running like yeah. oh yeah i gotta go and run those trails like your mindset's there and those other things are more likely to be after thoughts just by mm-hmm. by how how the scenario plays out you know because you want to be doing the activity exactly yeah and, you just have that that instant bond like you said instant like connection like you just uh yeah you you get each other on a different a deeper level mm-hmm. yeah it's a quicker way to like having that like deep connection with somebody i feel like and yeah it worked out it worked out great you know she was awesome very um talked a lot and then there were times when we just didn't talk at all as we were suffering trudging along just oh, continuing yeah. moving Shared forward silence is great oh my gosh yeah there's so there's a lot of silence out there like times when i just 
I was like, ah, I just can't talk. So it was just a lot of like following my pacer in front of me, just looking at their feet. Just were you listening to music or anything in those kinds of situations, um, or is it just we, silence? We did some, we did some music. Like during the nighttime, music was really helpful because you couldn't really see any views or anything. Mm-hmm. So we would. Um, I had my playlist of saved music on my phone. I always play like Lizzo on the trails. She yeah. always makes sure you feel happy and good. And then um, my girlfriend Sabrina has her like running playlist. So it was actually really fun because I had different, my different friends come pace me for different sections and they all had their own music playlist. So I was like, oh, this is, you know, this is really fun. I get to know like what you listen to when you're running. So it was all kind of like different kind of music and listening to each other's um, different styles. So yeah, that was really helpful during the night. Like our first big climb that we did was up Mount Margaret. So that's like. 50-ish miles into the race and it was nighttime um and actually on our way up there we're running by cold water lake on this trail and it's great mm-hmm. i'm in front i'm like power hiking doing really good yeah. got my headlamp on and all of a sudden like it just bang and i'm on the ground oh. and oh. i hit my head really hard on a tree oh no and i like fell on the ground my girlfriend sabrina was by me she's like oh and christina they're like oh are, are you okay are you okay i'm like yeah, I'm fine. I get back up. Yeah, I'm okay. Like I hit my head a lot on trees. I, yeah. I, oh, really? I, I really well, <laughs> I do because I wear like I wear these hat the trucker hats and I love yeah. them, but they're usually a little too big for my head, so I can't like <laughs> see. So that's where I I wasn't wearing a hat, but that's where I hit my head and I get up. I'm like, yeah, I'm fine, and uh, then I feel this like warm stuff coming down my face. Oh. I'm like, wait, no, no, guys, no, not not fine. I'm bleeding, and I'm like, I turn my head down and the spirit's like, oh, oh okay like stop i'm like all right i'll stop so we get uh we all had first aid kits so got my first aid kit out of my pack and wearing my like really uh my expensive like reflective lululemon leggings so i'm like sabrina don't don't let me bleed on my pants (laughs) i I turned to the side and like she's like okay i got you and like i'm bleeding all over her hands so see she sacrificed her hands so she could save my lululemon pants (laughs) Um, so yeah, and like as I'm sitting there, like so that was the first thing I said. And then I was like, I, she told me I don't remember saying this, but she's like, I think I said something about like I'm not stopping, we're not going back. Like, so so fix this. So better fix this because I'm not turning around. I'm doing this thing. So it was just it wasn't like a bad cause just heads bleed yeah. a lot. So we were able to just you know they cleaned it out um, and then put a bandage on my head. Good thing was I had a buff on, so I put the buff over that. Oh, perfect. And then my headlamp compressed it on top. Because I had my headlamp, so yeah. it compressed it, and we just, like, kept going wow. forward. Morale was good and everything through there? Yeah, it was great. That's I mean, cool. yeah, and that was, so that was the start of the night, and then that's when we kind of started uh, listening to some music. And then when we were bored, too, I noticed there were all these, like, little black little bugs on the ground. Whoa. I don't know what they were. They weren't centipedes, but some kind of, like, wormy thing. So I was like, Let's count these black things. So there's a lot of them. <laughs> so for How like were you? for an hour, we just were like, I was like, there's one, two, three, four. I think we counted like, I don't know, at least maybe a hundred bugs. So five yeah, 20. five fifteen. Mm, five fifteen, five twenty. What? How big were they? They were big. There's like little, like I don't know, oh, little wormy looking bugs, and they were out at night. So that's that cool. was so. That's another way to pass the time, like. Just start counting things that you see a lot of. I counted frogs too because frogs would come out at night, and I guess oh. I've just always done that when I've like been bored. Just gives my brain something to do because it's dark yeah. and you can't see. And yeah, it's kind of like is it a lot like times when you'd be in the car when you were younger and you're trying to figure mm-hmm. out how to pass the time? Oh gosh, yeah, yeah. Because I was before like you, you got phones or mm-hmm. videos to entertain you. So Stimulation. I used to count waterfalls. One time I tried to count trees. That was really hard because there's a lot of trees out there. But yeah, I would, <laughs> <That's so funny. laughs> I would sing 100 bottles of beer on the wall, like wow. all the way from 100 to zero. My parents just wanted to kill me. Whoa. But So I guess, yeah, that's the thing I've been doing since I was little to like just like stimulate my brain, give me something that's else so to think about. Yeah. <laughs> do you find do you find it like beneficial or do you want to be in that situation where you don't have stimulation and you have to entertain yourself like do you find yourself at times craving that dynamic when you're without it um i guess maybe so i guess i never thought about it that way but i think that's again why i like going out 
solo on these runs Mm -hmm. and I tend to not listen to music and stuff a lot and just, yeah, just kind of, yeah, have no stimulation, either Mm -hmm. be in my head thinking or not thinking, Mm -hmm. I guess. Um, So, yeah, I guess in a way I do crave it, which is why I crave going out and doing all these things. Like being in that headspace is Mm -hmm. like, and that's where like, being in that headspace is pretty incredible, my experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's not just one headspace, really, mm-hmm. I guess. Because like you said, like thinking and then you're like, well, and then not thinking. Because mm-hmm. then there's this like place where you're moving mm-hmm. and you're where you're moving. Your yeah. body's doing stuff. Yeah. But you're kind of, you're not, it's not that you're not there. Yeah. But it's you're all, Yeah, it's kind, of, it's kind of almost like an out-of-body experience, mm-hmm. I feel like, sometimes when I'm out there just like, yeah, even I think it was like, I don't know, the second night. I don't know what night it was, but it was the third night. I don't know. Um, but I was following my friend Julie. She was pacing me for this section of the course. Oh, I don't remember what it was. We climbed to the top of Elk Peak and went to Klickitat. So that was like, Klickitat was mile like 156 or something Ooh. like that. So somewhere in the middle of the hundreds and it was nighttime and we're going down these teeny tiny horse trails um and climbing over lots of stuff and then it was just super super steep and all I remember that that entire like however long it took us for that section I don't know how many hours six hours or something yeah I was just in that space of not really thinking and just following her feet and just just keeping moving that's all I could think about um because I think my body was so tired at that point Mm -hmm. That's when I learned how to do um, the ultra shuffle. Like I never, I'd never been so tired to like do the ultra shuffle, which I realized. Um, yeah, I think it was I don't know mile one thirty, forty, fifty, or something when I finally realized like how to do the ultra shuffle, wow. which is when you are. As we were hiking, and I was like, "Oh, this hurts so bad." So I tried to run. I was like, "Oh, this feels better." And I'm like, "Oh, good, I'm running." And I looked at my watch. I'm like, but "I'm doing like a 17, 18 minute mile." And so I was like, "Well, this feels better, but I'm going. I'm still going really slow." But so yeah, I learned. That's when I learned how to do the ultra shuffle. And yeah, when I was suffering and not thinking, and it was yeah, it was wow. pretty great. Um, yeah, and I just followed her up to the top of this peak. Um, Elk Peak at 3 a.m. Wow. And we'd been climbing all night and we got to the, like, well, we have to take the peak and then go back down. And I just remember she was in front of me and she looks up and it's dark and she just goes, oh God. I'm like, that's not what I want to hear my pacer say. And it's like, we've been going up and up and up and then it's just super steep. Just this this last little section to the top. And that's when like my body just took over too. I wasn't even thinking. I just was like, I'm just going to get up there. And I just power hiked as hard Whoa. as I could. Like I passed her and like, I'm just going to wait for them at the top. <laughs> I think I took a video of myself up there, but you can't really, you can't really see much because it was dark. You could kind of see Mount Rainier, like a silhouette of Mount, I think it was Mount Rainier, Mount Adams. They were like on opposite sides. So I yeah. could see the silhouettes. It was clear night. Whoa. You could see the stars and it was beautiful. Oh, cool. So I just like laid down and looked at the stars and there was lots of shooting stars. Whoa. So, we stayed up there for a little bit because um, then we had to, you know, go back down something super steep. But yeah, I think that was like, that was like the best moment of the race, even though it was like the most miserable like night experience. I didn't think I'd ever make it, but I think that's what made it so great was like we were talking about like you have these low, low lows, but then you're rewarded with like, yeah, shooting stars at 3 a.m. on top wow. of a mountain, you yeah. know, never thought I'd be be there that's so wild well it's just even the way that like this kind of seems like a stretch but i listened to this girl um i teach jujitsu yeah um and she was talking about an experiment that she did for her class and she's Mm -hmm. like well what we had to do is we had to put our hand on an ice cold glass of water Mm -hmm. and then we had to go and put our hand on a warm glass of water Mm -hmm. and she's like and then record our observations and we had to put our hand on a hot glass mm-hmm. of water and then go and put it on a warm glass of yeah. water and record our observations and it's like well you know what are your observations like well you put your hand on the cold glass of water and you put it on the warm glass it feels hot mm-hmm. and when you put it on the warm glass and you put it on or the hot glass mm-hmm. and then put it on the warm glass it feels cold 
Uh-huh. It's like, well, temperature is just like what we believe is hot and cold is just relative to mm-hmm. our um, body temperature, yeah. you know, yep. and like and how we're feeling in that in that moment. And that's almost, you know, what you're looking mm-hmm. at these is like your your highs or your these like experiences that you'll savor for the rest of your life, mm-hmm. you know, or things that are meaningful to you and fun are just relative to like the amount of lows that you're going to have. And it's mm-hmm. interesting where like you're in the situation where you're doing things that are pretty uncomfortable mm-hmm. quite a bit of the time. Right. And like, because of that, you find yourself in these, you know, situations that are amazing to you. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, yeah, I'd say the majority of that race, you're, pretty like uncomfortable and sore and you don't want to keep going but you get those moments i mean i don't i don't know maybe some five minutes up there it felt like a long time mm-hmm. but like five minutes versus hours and hours and hours of discomfort and that's you know that's that moment that you savor because it just makes it all that suffering just makes it so much yeah. better it's uh, like yeah. making like almost as if that moment was the warm glass of water mm-hmm. and yeah. you the suffering was just making the the cup you initially touched exactly. colder and colder yep. and colder. Yeah. So that warm glass that's just always <laughs> just warm. Like hot. Yeah. Great. Oh, yeah. I love that. It's awesome. Because like you, you could look at that. A lot of things in reality that are pretty base. Right. And just like, yeah, it happens all the time. Like even a shooting star, like mm-hmm. arguably if, if this were. We were able to the, see the yeah, space going all the on time. Right now. All the time. <laughs> and I'm the same way with the shooting stars. And for me, yeah. though, like relative to my experience, like a shooting star is a rare thing. Because mm-hmm. I don't, you know, it's hard for me to stay up late in that situation. And but. if you're in the city and you can't see them or if it's cloudy, it's like, it's still, yeah, it's still happening out there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, whether or not you can see it. Yeah. Do you, mm-hmm. do you find um, that through through your experience doing this, did you have like um, really challenging moments to where you didn't want to keep going? Mm-hmm. Oh, most definitely. Like the whole first day was pretty good, just because it and it was great weather. So it was there it was too. it was beautiful, and it was like the perfect weather. It wasn't too hot, it wasn't too cold. It was clear the whole time. Wow. Um, so the whole first day, we started. And it was your Mount St. Helens area. So the first thing you get to do is you climb over these boulder fields, um, which is amazing. I was like, yes, I Those love this so technical. Cool. Yeah. And you're just like looking ahead, like for a post, like, okay, I got to get that post. And yeah. so you just kind of keep going. Then once you're out of the forward. boulder fields, then you're kind of the, I don't know what they call it, like desolation area or something. It's the bla- the like blast tre- zone. Trees and then going into yeah. the blast zone, right? And yeah, there's some trees and then we'd be like running. Yeah, we're in the trees and we're not in the trees. And now it's like all this sand and we're going through like sand. And then there's, yeah, a tree section. And then there's Mount St. Helens. You see the blast wow. zone. And it was, that was the whole first day. It was just Mount St. Helens just right there in your face. So that was like, that was just amazing. I was high the whole day That's feeling so feeling cool. great. Um, yeah, so the... One of the lowest lows, I think, was so after that first night where I said I'd hit my head and we climbed Mount Margaret, climbed mm. back down, and then we got to Norway Pass, which was, yeah, just over 50 miles. Uh, I don't remember exactly. How were you breaking up your days? Were you breaking them up in a specific way? Uh, No, not really. I was just, just going, just like, yeah. oh, the sun's coming up. That's like, cool. So, yeah, that first... Wow. That morning was rough because it was the first morning where I hadn't slept mm-hmm. um, and we were just keeping going. And I just remember like kind of like trying to walk, but just kind of like falling asleep, like starting to hallucinate things a little <laughs> bit more. Wait. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It was rough because my wow. body wanted to sleep. Um, and I'd already been I didn't sleep very well the night before either. So there wasn't oh, a lot yeah. of sleep leading up to this. So I was already like pretty tired. And I just remember get, I got I was so tired. I was like, I don't know, like. That was only like 60 miles in and I was so tired or maybe 70. I don't know. No, maybe it was 100. I honestly can't remember, but I was tired. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I can't remember. But yeah, I just remember being so tired and thinking, I don't know if I can do this. Like, how am I going to do this? And I just kept going one foot in front of the other. And finally, I just made this decision in my head where I said, I'm tired of being tired so I'm not going to be tired anymore. <laughs> and, and I was like, I'm not be tired. And then I started like running a little bit. And that like, I felt wow. so good. Sabrina was like, whoa, like what happened to you? How did you go so fast? So I was like, I just got really tired of being tired. And I was mad at it. And so I just started running. 
Um, so that was, yeah, that was one of the lower points that I kind of just got through. Um, uh, yeah, that wow. first, that first day, um, or some of the other, I mean, there's, I told you that that other low point that night, just kind of following Julie. Have you dealt with like the sleep deprivation in the past? Or not, being tired, really? Not really. Well, a little teeny bit, I would say. Uh, when I did my personal 100, mm-hmm. because I can't ever run a race, because they always get canceled, <laughs> so I do these personal races. I still have yet to do an official 100-mile run, an official 200-mile run. Uh, I just want to race. But So when I did that one, I didn't sleep for 30-some hours. And I remember being like, oh, okay, that was... I could do it. That was... Not too bad, but this was my first time dealing with, you know, multiple days of not sleeping and trying how to, <laughs> and trying to how to 10, figure 15 out. 15 minutes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So trying to figure out how to fit in sleep. Oh, um, okay. So we planned, I was like, I don't know. I'm just going to see how I feel. Um, and me and the other girl that was with me, Christina, since we were staying together, she was like, well, we need to like maybe figure out a plan. So when both of us want to sleep we can do it together. So we decided to sleep at mile 112. Um, and we slept for about three or four hours. Mm-hmm. I think I got maybe three hours of sleep um, and felt pretty good once I woke up because it was, we had planned it. So it would be actually be like nighttime-ish. So when we woke up, the sun was already kind of coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of resets how you're feeling. You feel a little bit better when the sun's up. It's a lot harder to run when you're tired. Yeah. Um, so, we planned that, and then after that, we took, like, an, another hour nap. So I think total I got, like, maybe four, four-ish hours mm-hmm. of sleep over 90 hours. Oh, but wow. after that, fir- like, that first day where I felt super tired, I never felt that super tired again. That's interesting. Um, I was definitely having some cool hallucinations. Were you? <laughs> in the nighttime, which was Awesome. I was like, I was like, I was looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, because you haven't had that experience yet. Huh? No, not really. Um, and I'd heard other people who had, I'm like, I want to see things. Yeah. I, I want to be so like. tired. Yeah. I don't know what that's like. I want to go to Narnia. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I didn't see any Narnian creatures, but I saw um, two snowmen on the side of the road. And wow. I remember just like looking at them like, I'm like, ooh that snowman and I know that's not real but I'm gonna see how close I can get to it before it like turns into like whatever it was and I remember I got pretty close I was like whoa that's so cool and that was at nighttime. and then like running looking down on the ground at the leaves I saw faces in the leaves but it wasn't just like a smiley face it was like an actual portrait oh my of god somebody whoa. like yeah like I could totally see and there's like a woman, man, all different portraits. <laughs> and then the other things I was seeing was like granite, like statues, which kind of makes sense because those are like, there were stumps. Oh, really? So, <laughs> yeah. So my thing was like, see how close I can get to it before it like turns back into what it is. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, <gasps> I loved it. Whoa, like It was awesome. That's wild. Yeah. And it, with it being dark and everything mm-hmm. like that and everything's just a silhouette, I just mm-hmm. imagine how that's like, Almost a perfect situation mm-hmm. for for like lack of sleep, mm-hmm. and then being able and seeing different things because you could take on shape so easily mm-hmm. there. Yeah, That's and wild. yeah, and I know sometimes people see things that like scare them, but mm-hmm. I think I just kind of went in with it with the mindset like I don't know, happy. I didn't want to see anything scary, or I didn't let any of those. Not that I, I don't think people want to see scary things, but if they let that into their head, like thinking about scary things, like, oh, what if a cougar comes or what if there's a bear there? Mm-hmm. Then they'll probably see that. So I wasn't yeah. even trying to let those thoughts in my head because I didn't want to see those things. Mushrooms give me a little context on it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you're completely right mm-hmm. in in my experience with that. And like, it's not that anyone would want to be scared, but there's yeah. this like sense of like uncertainty and anxiety. Mm-hmm. And if you go into it with that or if it comes up and you're not mm-hmm. able to confidently address that yeah then it can completely unravel and then things can become very terrifying mm-hmm. and i find it's like a fear of mortality mm-hmm. and um a loss of control oh yeah which is a big one yeah definitely yeah and so that was that's wild yeah that's that was, so cool that was a high for me i love that part of the race <laughs> <laughs> and do you find your energy levels even then like um were a lot easier to maintain. You found your pocket mm. when it's late, kind of feel a little delirious. Yeah, I mean, that was a, that was a rough night too. But since I was seeing things, it made it kind of fun. Um, <laughs> but 
yeah, it was just, it was just long and all I could just keep things like, well, I just keep following my pacer in front of me, one foot in front of the other and just, just keep going, <laughs> you know, yeah. that's, that's all, yeah, that's all you can do at that point. So is it like, for you, is it in, I mean this in a very specific way, but is it an athletic event in the sense that like, like you're like competing, performing mm-hmm. and you're there's like a way to go about these things right mm-hmm. where you're trying to get a certain time and yeah. you're trying to compete mm-hmm. and you're trying to put yourself at an effort level yeah. that is i don't know sustained mm-hmm. and at your envelope pushing your envelope and then there's another way to go about it mm-hmm. um what what kind of way were you pursuing um, this time and what was your plans for the yeah. original one too well the original like for the race itself i like wanted to do good you're way more like, competitive than i yeah, am yeah so I'm, 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 like, I'm a competitive <laughs> person so i was like i've never done this before so like finishing is always the ultimate goal, yeah. but I have that A goal of like, yeah, I want to be in like the top 10 females. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I want. I'm going to push myself. Um, so going into this, I had to kind of let that go because I knew we were finding the routes ourselves. Mm-hmm. I was with another girl who um, maybe wasn't going to be the same pace as me. So mm-hmm. I had to let that go. Be like, if she's a little slower than me or taking her time, I'm just going to that's just the way it is. I'm going to yeah. be okay with that. I'm going to wait for her. We're going to stay together. This is an adventure. It's not a race. But I did battle with that a lot during this time. Right. Um, just because, you know, there'd be sometimes when I'd be a little bit faster and be like, in my head, I'd be like, oh, come on. But then I'm like, no, it, it doesn't matter. This is yeah. not a race. So I have to, it was great wow. for me to learn to kind of just let that go yeah. and be okay with it. Because... I had the whole next week off. I had nothing else I was doing. It wasn't a race. It was just all about the experience. Yeah, um, that's so So cool. that was that was a big challenge for me, but Whoa. it turned out it was it was great just yeah. to learn to kind of yeah kind of let that go. It was like a point of resistance for you in that mm-hmm. way because you spent a lot of time developing that mm-hmm. right, and you're doing pretty well. I yeah, mean, in in the the events you've been running. Yeah, like I just. Yeah, so it was, and it turned out good. It actually worked out good for Christina, who's the girl with me, too. Mm -hmm. Um, She hadn't been able to train on hilly areas because she lives in Houston, which there's, like, no hills there. (laughs) So, and Bigfoot is, like, basically you're going up, (laughs) then you're going down, then you're going up. There's no flat. So um, it was challenging for her because she hadn't been able to train on that. When she lived other places where she could train, yeah, she was like, yeah, it's easy, but she hadn't trained for that. So... In a way, she thanked me because I was able to kind of push her and she was able to kind of help me like learn to let go of being super competitive wow, all the time. Yeah. So it kind of we matched well and That's it wasn't cool. like I was way faster than her mm-hmm. or anything. It like just it just worked out yeah. kind of perfectly. Yeah. For yeah, both of us. And that's what I just found very interesting about your experiences, yeah. like in your approach to running. It felt it's unfamiliar to me because mm-hmm. I like to make things like uh, ambiguous and complicated with like route finding. Mm-hmm. And it's it's either one of two things. I either really like it mm-hmm. or I'm slow and lazy and I just want to hide that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So I like I get I get that 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 strong disposition because mm-hmm. like. Well, for for me, for instance, I really like a, a really really like technical trail and mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, and I can you can ramp that up for me as far as you want it to be, and I'll mm-hmm. be really excited. But in terms of the competition, if I would only be doing it to place, or even mm-hmm. if that were even a goal, yeah, I'm not very successful in like um, pulling the trigger on that. And I don't really know why, but like mm-hmm. I just don't my will to my desire to quit is a lot higher there mm-hmm. but my desire to when i i've done like something dumb where uh, where i did like a, a 50k without having it wasn't for running yeah. but it was just like all self-supported yeah without um without ever doing 10 miles oh man yeah. and yeah, <laughs> i've spent a lot of time mm-hmm. like bonking out in the middle yeah. of the wilderness and just like figuring it out <laughs> and then i like that's read. one way to figure it out i guess <laughs> I yeah. read back at things and I'm just like, oh, I'm glad I didn't get like completely stranded out there. I had like first aid yeah. kit and I'd have all of those things, yeah. tell people where I was. But yeah. I just would find that um, 
that that certain things where I would feel really uncomfortable mm-hmm. um, in a different way mm-hmm. were very compelling to me, but it was still in the vein of like either trail running or fast packing, moving really fast and light, mm-hmm. you, you know, like, and I, and I knew that I really loved to do this, but that goal, like a, certain goals really drive me. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's like, you know, trail features are what drive right. me. Well, and I think that, I mean, yeah, that's everybody has different goals that they want. And I don't mm-hmm. think there's not one that's right. Like some people are like, Oh, I don't, I don't care about going fast or should I care about going fast? I'm like, mm-hmm. no, just do, do what makes you happy. Do what you enjoy. If you enjoy spending your time out there, take your time. There's no reason that you need to get faster. Yeah, you exactly. know, if you can do it, you can do it. And there's nothing wrong with that. If you like competition, mm-hmm. I think that's okay too. I don't think that should be your main driver yeah. in running, but I think it's, I mean, it's healthy to have competition because it pushes you to be better i guess or push yourself a little more than maybe you could push yourself Mm -hmm. um and if that's your thing yeah i think that's great but i also think it's important like yeah like i said kind of to be able to let go with that sometimes too and just enjoy um yeah so yeah there's nothing wrong with not wanting to be competitive Mm -hmm. it's like there's no reason but there's nothing wrong with also the the inverse because that's where i think the both of it because i found myself where it's like well if I did, though, try, and if I were of that mindset, like, s- sometimes it's important to understand what I like mm-hmm. and what I don't like and then capitalize on that mm-hmm. and build that. And yeah. it's also important to go and do the things that make me really uncomfortable and that mm-hmm. I don't want to do. Yeah. And, like, because I, I, that's where you grow, you it know? It is, yep. Doing those things that are, yeah, scary, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, uncomfortable. Get, getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. Like, that's been my model for the last, like, four years. Yeah. Do you, do things that scare you a little bit because you never know where it'll take you or what experiences you'll have or what other opportunities will come up if you do something mm-hmm. that's a little outside your comfort zone. Yeah, yeah, if you stay in your comfort zone, you'll never know what else there is out there. Exactly. Really. Yeah. And that's kind of like that excite, excitement of life. It's a whole, like, if you could even boil it down into a story, like going into the dark forest, fighting mm-hmm. the dragon, like yeah. any of that, right? Yeah. Is, and it's that thing that you don't want to look at and that you want to avoid, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, and it all guards treasure. So mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> treasure, yeah, that's what we all want. That yeah. treasure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, those special moments, like looking at the shooting stars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you? Were there any like interesting? Sounds contrived. Like trail features that you found, or were there really interesting <laughs> trail, <laughs> trail features? Aspects well. of like because hmm. there was, for yeah, instance, I, I had a a part where you have to do. There was a hand line you had to pull up. To, uh, mm-hmm. at least doing when I did the uh, attempted the 100k but did the yeah. 50 um, the hand line you pull up on like the steeper hill oh yeah and- yep. yeah I remember doing that because I had watched a lot of YouTube videos of the course and I don't know that was like the first day and I remember like, oh, yeah, I get to climb up this rope. It's so cool. Yeah. That's what drove, drove me to Bigfoot. And then. <laughs> See, me too. Yeah, That's I was what like, I meant. That's awesome. We get to go through a river. Cool. <laughs> um, so, yeah, lots of interesting features, especially because the race was canceled. So Candace and her crew were not out there pre-marking it mm. and like some of the trails are kind of pretty much abandoned and the Candace and her crew are the ones that take care of them. Oh, wow. So, Even it was better. kind of a rough winter this year because there's a lot of blowdowns. We oh. had to climb up and over so many trees and I knew that going into it so I was okay with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, there was one section um, towards the end like hundred mile 188 um i saw on the map it was like oh it's this old forest road and it was like slightly downhill like oh great it was me three miles of this road we get to it and it's it's all completely overgrown and there's trees over the entire thing the entire three miles like trees that you had to get on your hands and knees and crawl under (laughs) trees that i had to like jump over and then i'm getting like pricked all the time for three miles of this and I was like just looking forward to like a nice little downhill and I just I like turned into somebody else like I imagine myself being like um the big like the Hulk like being the Hulk and like right on shirt and just like oh, oh my gosh so oh, and then I just like had my poles I was hiking I was kicking rocks and then <laughs> at one point I like tripped over oh. this rock and my pacer Jeremy was behind me at that point and I tripped over it and I remember I heard him pick up this rock and just throw it down the cliff. Oh. <laughs> I was like, oh. like, 
big yeah like fuck that rock i hate that rock you tripped alicia we're gonna throw you down the cliff (laughs) so (laughs) yeah so that was like getting towards the end three miles that was a very interesting normally during the race that would have been cleared but since it wasn't a race it wasn't cleared and that just made it i know in my head i was like you know what this is what i signed up for this is adventure yeah so yeah i got to the end of that and i spotted christina's husband martin was kind of like just before we got to where the aids well my friends made the aid station where it was and he's telling me he's like oh there's fresh pie do you like hot pie and i was like what where the heck do they get hot pie it's we're in the middle of nowhere like hours from hot pie even like if they went to a store in randall that town's so small i don't think they could get hot pie so i show up and they have their little camping stove and they have a pie and it's sitting in a pan in boiling water <laughs> so that's they're like they heated up a pie in boiling water for me so i could have pie uh-huh. at mile 190 something oh with only like 10 miles to go gosh. so i'm sitting there they get me the pie and they're like you know they have a lot of free time while they're waiting for yeah. me out there so they had the pie they had like a whole half hour talk with each other while i'm out there running like how are we gonna heat up this pie what can we do how will we heat up a pie in the middle of the woods <laughs> so yeah i wow. basically had the best crew like ever so that That's was so those cool. are some yeah of the really just interesting trail features um and then yeah from that point it was just down to the the finish which mm-hmm. was down a forest road so we were actually like on a road at this point i was like oh thank god like mm-hmm. no more like trees or uphill oh, yeah. and so and since it wasn't an official race all my girlfriends that were there um julie natalia and sabrina they all got to okay they all got to run to the finish with me oh so, that's so because so, cool. in a race you only allowed one pacer so yeah. running down to the finish um that was really interesting. We were um, <laughs> we were running down the road, and my friend Julie said she had to go to the bathroom, so she pulls over. Like, okay, well, let's keep walking. She's going to the bathroom. We hear this like big like ATV coming down the Whoa. road. We're like, okay, get out of the way. There's a guy coming, and it was some guy. And he and we're like, Julie, pull up your pants. <laughs> like, <laughs> so she pulls her pants, and we're like, oh no, we're all out here middle of nowhere. What's ha- going to happen? Oh, and yeah. this guy pulls up to her. And he's like. She said he looked like he was on something. I don't uh-huh. know, meth or what it was. But yeah. he was like, uh, it's like, what are you guys doing? We're like, well, we're running a race, but not, well, it's not a race. The race is canceled, but we're still doing it. And he's like, well, I just, I've got a project out here. So I just went, we're like, oh my God, what? he's, he's got oh, drugs God. or something oh, out here. We're Jesus. like, we're just going to keep going. Uh. And then after that experience, we were running and uh, a dog came out and chased us. And so, like, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to have to kill this dog. We're going to have to kill this dog with a pole. We're going to have to kill this man and kill this dog. Man, kill this dog with a pole. Um, Yeah, so, yeah, that was probably the best best part. And then just running down. I think that was the last bad thing that happened. Oh, a skunk ran in front of us, too. Really? So, yeah, that was, like, the last last hard part. Um, And then going into the finish line, you could run around the track for the actual race. Oh, yeah. So we actually did that. My dog was with me, so she got around the track, which, again, during the race, that would not have been allowed. Yeah. They made a finish line for me that was, like, all totally, like, Alicia Sparkles. Oh, what? Just decked out your style and everything. And it's like, congratulations. And so I got to run through and break the tape. Oh, just for you, too? Yeah, I was like, yes, that's awesome. First first place. And, um, (laughs) yeah, so those were some of the interesting trail features, I guess, the actual like the trees and stuff and then like the dog and the yeah. crazy meth head on an ATV <laughs> chasing, chasing after her. That's it. That, that's it. Now yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look for like really sketchy neighborhoods right. and I'm going to run through those and try yeah. to route find through backyards. Exactly. And just, like, yeah. Have your poles ready in case you need to like stab something. We're like, oh, we're going to stab, stab all this stuff. Yeah, so, so don't sit on any chairs. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So yeah, that wow. was, yeah. Crazy good experience and like overall, it's so yeah. much support from your friends oh my god decided yeah. to do this crewing oh yeah thing. They, like, they gave up like multiple days of their vacation time to come out and be in the woods and be and put up and then when they changed my socks and my stinky feet yeah. and i smelled bad oh, like yeah. i smelled so bad and they didn't care and they were always just yeah i don't know i couldn't i couldn't have done it 
without them. Like, and yeah. like, I just don't know how you have a similar level of camaraderie. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, because you can't. Like, how can you be in a voluntary low? Like mm-hmm. any more than that. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of the explicitly podcast. here to support, mm-hmm. you know, you and right. have their own that adventure. So but like, cool. So you really can inspires me to get out okay. there and, and start so you can do your thing. Um, and like, and and that is pretty incredible. And, and it's how a really cool form of travel. And it's because just because you want to do it, you mm-hmm. know, and it's canceled you know, and like, still just because you want to. And it's so beautiful because they support you as like a developing person. be really quick. Exactly. If you will. It's a pretty special relationship, I'd say. Check out some of. The photos from Alicia's trip. Well, thank uh, you, you very much, Alicia. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was good to chat with you again. And on Instagram. Yeah. And then, is there anywhere that people can, can find out more about you? The show notes um, or go to well, I guess I have, I have an Instagram page. Alicia, I put up some really cool photos um, um, from her trip up on the website. If you want to check them out, I'd say that's yeah. And if you want to support the show, head over to becominghumanpodcast.com. I post all my leave a comment, share it with a friend. Yeah, make sure to leave all those links or that link in the show. Yeah, wherever you sounds good. Thank, Thank you. you. I appreciate yeah. it. Thanks. Thank you guys for listening. Have a great week. I hope you're enjoying this beautiful fall. I know it's things can be a little tense with the election right now, but you know, think about your own individual life. There's so many opportunities in our lives to experience joy. You could take a rainy day, for instance. There's things on a rainy day that you get to enjoy that never come about on the sun. Instead of framing it as a bad day, frame it as an opportunity to experience things that are only momentary. Maybe the rain pitter-pattering on a roof, the opportunity to read by a window seal, getting to go jump in puddles, or be cold and miserable and have the opportunity to seek comfort from that. Because when it's beautiful outside and it's comfortable, you never get to experience a deeper sense of comfort, which only comes when you transition from discomfort to comfort. (laughs) Have a great week. Someone else alive who feels the same as I do If I take a stand and follow my God Perhaps I'll become the leader in the eyes If I go blind tomorrow still Caught in the past, not afraid to admit If lost, I gotta ask What's the task I've been given? Cause if I miss what I pass on the path When it twists, there'll be no journey in the visit Like it already happened but didn't I'm not alone, that's all I really need For the comforting realization that nothing is guaranteed I want nothing in return But the peace that something stole And once I find out where it was I'd say I knew and so I don't
said I suck.